Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Who are you listening to if you're just tuning in? My name's Philip. Brian is Brian. We just introduced ourselves. We are with the Uncommon Wealth Partners. We are financial advisors. And I hate saying that, by the way. <laughs> uh, but we have a little bit different trajectory for our clients. A yeah. little different strategy, a little different philosophy. And that is that you are your best asset. And so what kind of ideas, what kind of things did you want to invest in? Uh, what is your passion? Mm-hmm. Once we figure out what your passion is, then we can really make your money sing. Let's go. Let's go. So that's who we are. How to engage us. There's been a lot of people who've been asking us, which is, I think, a blessing. Uh, it's let's do a 15-minute free consultation to see if we're even a good fit. Um, and in that interview, we're going to ask you all these questions, nothing about money, but care less about your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people that we work best with are the people who have a vision and a passion. We love those people. Our guest is one of those people. And not only did she have a vision and a passion, but she acted on it. Mm -hmm. And it is dominating. Dominating. Okay, so I've got to go to the bio because I'm going to just spoil the whole show. You're going to spoil it. All right. Kezia Wirt, I just want to say her name because it's just powerful. Kezia Wirt. Come on. So Kezia is a brand new entrepreneur. She lives in Nevada, Iowa with her husband and three kids. She has a full-time job in marketing and plans to slowly build her new business, Circa Legacy. I question slowly because I think it's going to blow up, but we can see. We'll see. Uh, And you can find her at www.circalegacy.com. Everybody, welcome to the show. Keys your word. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. This is my bucket list to be on this podcast. Yes! So I'm thrilled to be here. I will just say... (laughs) We hand out uh, Uncommon Life Seals every year, and Kezia is in the running strong for 2020. Oh, when I saw that at the party, I was like, that's going to be me. That's it's going to be the next school. It's on like Donkey Podcast Kong. Podcast check, now the seal. <laughs> yes. Okay, where do we even begin? You're always better with that than I am, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like I'm just so excited I can barely contain myself. I want to start where we met. Should we just start there? How did we sure. meet? Where did we meet? I we got to show we got to shout out to my boy Eric Baker because Absolutely. he was the one who kind of introduced us. Yes. EB, EB, yes. yes. So I met you guys down in Des Moines. Uh, it was to help you with your marketing. Yeah. And I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I love these two. I love the podcast. Um, after meeting them, to be just kind of a brainstorming partner, I went home to my husband and was like, Sean, these guys. Oh have something really different and cool and we are terrible at our finances and I think they can really help us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we needed we glanced over Sean, but he is amazing. Your husband is awesome he is. and he's like a gem that you just got like <laughs> he's just a hidden gem. He's a hidden gem. He so is. shout out yes, to him too. We're absolutely. doing a lot of shout outs today. Yeah, Seems like that's the day. Are. Okay, keep going. Sorry I interrupted. <laughs> so um we the three of us and Eric the Great were all kind of brainstorming ideas, mm-hmm. kind of working on new things for you guys. Yep. And do you remember you had me read a book? Brian was reading it. 
and he had challenged you, Philip, to read it. And I said, yeah, I'll read it, too. I want to know this philosophy <laughs> that you're both working toward. The secrets of... Expert secrets. Expert yes. secrets. There it is. Yes. So I... It was early spring. I had just got the hammock out. I was in my backyard. I was reading this book for your guys' business. Yep. And as I was reading it, I kept, like, jotting down notes about thinking about myself and, like, what is my purpose and vision mm -hmm. in life and how could I do something totally different and uncommon? And the word I kept writing down... It's so weird, everybody, but it was obits and obituaries because <laughs> it's a very strange thing when you realize you're an expert in writing obituaries, but I kind of am. Yeah. And I'm also really passionate about it. Yes. And so through that book and through you two encouraging me and for me thinking, why not be an obituary expert <laughs> in life and help people write better stories? It all kind of exploded into this new business idea that you officially have launched. Yes. 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 I think this is really cool because the thing I want to highlight here is when she first had an idea, it was because her background was in marketing. Mm -hmm. And so you thought you were going to start kind of like your own market, marketing yes. gig, yeah. market, marketing agency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what ended up morphing, I will never forget it. We were all <laughs> sitting there. Your husband was included, which I love when your husband's in our meetings. So... <laughs> And and, hey. you're, and you looked at him. You're like, Sean, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me, but I'm gonna say it. And I remember Sean's like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and that's when you're like, I think this is starting to morph. This marketing idea mm -hmm. is starting to morph into a more specific target market. And then you were like, obituaries. And I remember Brian and I. We've had a lot of those moments. <laughs> we're like, I need to hear more about this. <laughs> but honestly, it took it didn't take us very long to be like, Oh my, yeah. like. That is value. And to try to yeah. find and how to write an obituary that actually is impactful yes. and kind of emulates what happened in their life yeah. is so needed. High be pressure. Because the yes. average thing, and you have to be so quick at this. Like you yes. have to kind of figure this out within a couple of days after your loved oh, one man. has passed. Hours sometimes hours. they wanted. Yes. Like 24 hours sometimes. Yeah. So there's my last one, I had a four hour deadline to write Jeez. an obituary. Oh. And to try to unpack their life in a couple mm -hmm. paragraphs, yeah. daunting. Yeah. Very. And so to have some guidance and wisdom in that, priceless. And so Brian and I were on board quickly, by well, the way. Well, I think the way you shared it, I was almost in tears, too, because your, your personal story like what yes. led you to that was like, oh, my gosh, I'm crying now. Um, yes. Heasy was in tears. So <laughs> I, was, I So yes. we were almost in tears like, that is passion. Yeah. Yeah. And value. And if you could do this for the rest of your life, you'd be like, when do I want to stop? I don't ever right. want to stop. I think right. the other thing that about your story and relating back to that Expert Secrets book, which obviously I'd highly recommend, yeah. and I think you would too. And if you're in business, it's just kind of a really important read. Um, but it's niching down. And I think as yeah. entrepreneurs, you you kind of want to like, oh, I can do everything for everyone. And then it just burns you out. And I think yeah. what's been interesting about your path and watching you is your ability to like, comfortably niche down and be okay with that and like actually get stuff done. Yeah. So it's been neat. Yes. So it's been really fun. So take this now you're, you're doing a marketing agency, now obituaries. Uh -huh. Where do you go from there? Like, okay, I got, I think I have an idea. Uh -huh. I've got this idea. I think it's Pat. I, I'm really yes. excited about it. Uh, then what? So really the whole point of an obituary is to start the legacy story of a person that the world is going to remember them for. 
And another reason for doing them is just to show how much you love that person and their best qualities and mm -hmm. strengths. And I, every time I write an obituary, I kind of have regret, like, did this person know I felt this way about them? Mm. Did they know how important they were Come to on. all of our lives? That is so good, Kezia. And You're... so that's what kind of took the business upward into, let's not just celebrate them after they're gone let's start celebrating each other while we're here right and can actually connect over oh this and really goodness. share these stories and these values that are so important to all of us and so that's kind of what exploded the company outward into kits and working with us to create legacy books or to remember loved ones who have passed away it's just i really want to help families and people celebrate one another while mm. they're here to do it and think about your life now. If you started communicating how you really felt about the loved ones around you, how more fulfilled your life would be. Yeah. Yes. And how much more fulfilled their life would be. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I think in social media now, too, it's so easy to feel like you're communicating, but you're not. I mean, a like button isn't the same as like, yeah. man, I really enjoy you in my life and I value yes. this relationship. and. Those types of discussions, you know? Absolutely. So, okay. So, how do people, I'm going to start with obituaries. How do they engage with that? The website has tons of free information. If you get a call and you've got a loved one who just passed away, I urge you to raise your hand and say, I'll take on the obit. Yes. Don't hand it off to the funeral home. Mm -hmm. Go to the website. There's tons of free information, guys. There's examples of an obituary I wrote for my grandpa. If you want a little more guidance, there's a $10 kit you can download on the spot. It'll be Love emailed it. to you. It's, I think, 12 pages of a template for how I write my obituaries. It's all the information you've got to quickly gather mm -hmm. for the obituary. And it helps you really prioritize uh, their values and their stories down into what is a pretty short amount of information. Yeah. To write. What is a standard obituary length for the paper? Oh, man. Or do you have to pay for it? Or? You, it they can be very expensive the longer they are. Gotcha. And the size of the newspaper gotcha. you're putting them in. My site also has, I would guess, the world's largest repository of obituary questions. And that is a stake in the ground, but <laughs> my FAQ on obits is insane. Put Every question in you could ever have He's is a, answered. You put a stake in the ground right now. You put it in. <laughs> Dig it deep. Let's go. And then is the goal, obviously, because, you know, we're not going to get to everybody, but is the goal that like we would then go to that while we're alive and write our own obituary or is it still no. more for the family? Um, a lot of people ask me, like, should I just write my own obit? No, no. I don't think you should. I, You're I never wise. going to characterize yourself the way your loved ones are going to. Mm, so Let's true. just play that out for a second. Brian graduates on us. We call it we call dying graduating for yeah. the record. Um, so Brian graduates on us. And we get up and then someone figures out that he wrote his own obituary. You got to admit, like, mm. yes, it's questionable. Mm. <laughs> Just flushing it all so, out. So totally edifying that point, by the way. Yeah. Good job. Yes. Okay. Keep going. I think I lost your train of thought. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I also, because writing an obituary is a big deal. And if you take it on, kudos to you. So the website also allows you to upload that work and celebrate it. I want people to be really proud that they took the time and effort to write obituaries. And I want to celebrate that with them so they can upload it to the site. There'll be lots of examples there if you need some inspiration for who you're writing about. Sure. Uh, I just want to build a community of people who aren't afraid to write about a loved one. Mm -hmm. 
and just give them the tools to do it quickly and in the time they need to do it. And I think there's a lot of people that are listening that they might be using your service, but I think other people around the internet will be using your service because they are people Googling this quickly every day. I mean, there's people dying and graduating all Mm -hmm. over the country. Every minute. And they need quick guidance and resources. Kudos to you for finding this path and narrowing down your client base, because that is what Brian and I have seen. It's very key just for you to start getting traction of like, who am I writing to? So great job. Okay. So then what is it evolving to? I really think the flagship product of Circa Legacy is going to be this kit I created. It's called Things You Need to Know. And it'll be delivered to your door. I'm very passionate that it needs to be a printed kit, not something you do electronically and put on your computer. This is a kit you're going to fill out. We've got worksheets. We have this really great kind of how-to guide that is in my quirky personality that I think this will be a joyful experience for you to do. Mm -hmm. And it's all the information your family is going to need for those first hours and days after you're gone. And I've seen these called death kits, which I think is so <laughs> morbid and depressing. Uh, I don't want to fill out my own death kit. <laughs> yeah. But I love to fill out my own things you need to know kit because it's really a walk through our life of all of our accomplishments, what we're proud of, our favorite memories. I put in a traditions worksheet because I know there are so many women like me who these traditions we do for our family, I want my kids to keep doing them. And if oh, I'm yeah. gone, this is a little reminder like, hey, you three, don't you dare stop doing that just because I'm not here. Totally. And it's therapeutic for you to go through that. Yes. But it's such a gift mm. for the next generation to have. Yeah. So think about your anybody that's graduated on you and, and, and passed away. Thinking about having this in your hand yeah. from them oh, yeah. is priceless. Yes. So how much is that kit? That kit is thirty nine ninety nine. No brainer. Yeah. It's not called death kit. It is, <laughs> it is in this really pretty berry-licious, that's the color of the envelope it comes in. It's warm and inviting, and it stands out in your underwear drawer or your phone drawer, wherever it is, because I, I want it somewhere that your family can quickly find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, don't put it at your bank. Yeah. Put it somewhere where it's easily accessible yeah. and tell someone where it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my favorite part of this kit, you guys, both all, well, all my grandparents are gone now, but when I lost both of my grandmas, especially, it's just such a hole in your heart, mm. like so quickly when they're gone. And mm-hmm. I would have loved if they'd have left me like a final letter. Yeah. Like it would have meant the world to me, just a, a last comforting letter from them. Right. So this kit has. I call them one more thing, and it's note cards and envelopes and fun little stickers where you can write this final message Mm. to loved ones and put it in here, seal them up. So to me, when they find this kit at your house, it's like this one last big hug from you. It's not only the the financial information and accounts they need. It's the emotional. Yes. It's your emotional goodbye to them that Mm. you made my world and my life so much better. It's so good because I I know stories that, hey, I'm going out for yeah. a loaf of bread. And I love you. Back. And yes. never come back on a yeah. piece of napkin. And those uh, those individuals, like, just, yeah. they'll never get rid of that piece yes. of paper. So how much more impactful it would be if there was someone who was intentionally sitting down. Yes. And, like, for $39, you got to get you some. Come yeah. on now. Well, well it's interesting cool. to me on multiple levels just because my wife and I just redid our kind of estate plan stuff. And... The attorney gave us, you know, this like 
black and white printed out sheets of paper not very licious <laughs> and but he did he was like you should write this okay. out keep it in a physical space and so that was interesting and then just thinking through you know we've had clients pass away family members pass away and the emotional weight on that money you know we so yes. often think that legacy is money and then people can't do anything with that money because they didn't have these emotional assets to go with it and I think that's so true. What you're saying is, is like, you know, when you lose someone, you want that person, you want their thoughts, you want their words, yes. you want their perspective and money doesn't do that. And so it's right. just, it puts that weight on the money because there's a missing asset. And so I think what you're doing is just so timely, especially in this age with social media, you know? Yes. Yeah. It, it just, uh, I, I'm so excited about what you're doing and how you're building this. I think what's also interesting, because this is like kind of two stories woven into one, is can you talk a little bit about like how you came up, you know, because you had a couple iterations with like naming your business and like mm. branding and you're in marketing and it was like yes. kind of like your own challenge of like, oh my gosh. Name my baby. Yes. Gotta name my baby. So can you kind of talk the listeners through like the different products and the different names and like kind of your synthesis of that? Because I think it's so important. I think as me, like I always help love, like I love helping people name things. I don't know why, but I enjoy it. And so, but I think it's so important to like have that belief in what you're calling your business or your products. And then also protecting that, mm -hmm. you know, the URL, the business name, all yes. these different things. So it's so fresh for you. I hope you could kind of share yeah, something about that. Absolutely. Uh, full disclosure, Circa Legacy was probably number 120 on my list of names. Um, Circa means a lot to me. I think the year we are all born immediately puts us into a tribe of people who share so many of the cultural references that we have that mm -hmm. you are automatically kind of bonded together. Mm -hmm. So Circa, for me, I would be Circa 1976. That's the year I was born. And I really like that idea of kind of identifying with that the start of your story, you know, mm -hmm. your Circa year. So I know I knew I wanted Circa in it somehow. But you guys, the process of finding a URL that is not taken uh, is the daunting. most daunting and depressing experience. Yeah. All these names that you fall in love with and then go start doing the research to see if they're taken. They are all taken. They are all gone. Someone's bought them all. <laughs> and how important is that to have that all match up as a marketer? Super important. Okay. So Super oh, yeah. hear that if you're Absolutely. out there. Yep. Yeah. Because yes, you could do it. And I wanted .com. I didn't want any of these new dot, weird... Dot I yes. weird. Yeah. Dot you'll never find me. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Most people aren't going to get this right. Yeah. So I think I just kind of... It does you know, Circa Legacy is kind of weird, but it's also the legacy thing I liked. I like people getting to that mindset of, what is my legacy? What are the values I want to be remembered for? What are the stories I want people to tell about me? That's mm, our legacy. Yes. That's the most important thing. So Brian and I always talk about legacy yeah. in this area. If there's four components to a legacy, I'm sure there's more. But let's say your core values is a huge one. And then your good and bad experiences is a huge one. Like yes. I would even say your bad experiences are even better than your good experiences. Yeah. Yes. And then I would say how you give your time and money charitably. Like that's a big one for you. Yeah. And then if the last component is money... If you could only pass three things out of those four to the next generation, which one would the three be? And all people say, I'd rather pass my core values, my mm -hmm. good and bad experiences, and my charitable giving to my next generation because if I focus on those and do those well, they won't need my money. 
But what we would find, at least Brian and I, is when you use your money to pass on those three, your family's going to have more money. <laughs> and when they finally get that, when you graduate and that transfers down, they're going to be more specific and intentional with your money and it's yes. not going to break them. Mm. So there's a lot of Rockefellers, you know, they, they have this like philosophy of like, that's generational money. And they do a good job of focusing on core values, good about experiences. Yes. And so mm-hmm. it's really powerful versus, I don't think it's the Carnegie, Carnegie's yeah, that, I mean, that like three generations, it was poof gone. Yeah, it was because it, yeah. they were passing down money, but not right. passing down the actual right. value that yeah. they actually, you know, that they had. Mm-hmm. And so to have this is such in line with wealth, finances, legacy, the important things of legacy. Yeah. So I'm I'm waving the flag. This is amazing. Well, I heard a statistic lately. I don't know. I was doing, I was looking at this thing and it was basically like a Bible study. I can't remember where it was. I think it was Jeremiah, but it talks about in there like a family sect and they had almost like 2000 years, like they could go backwards. And to think about it, like, that's crazy. And in our generation, like most people don't even know their great grandparents, mm. right? You know, if they, right. pre, you know, predeceased the grand great grandchildren, but it's like, what are we doing as families to keep those traditions and to yes. keep those stories? Because that was wisdom, you know, like, Hey, absolutely. You know, your whatever grandfather did this, or they made this mistake. Like, that's how people shared wisdom. And now we just kind of Google things. And it's right. like, <laughs> right. oh, or in like understanding your gifting, I think, too, in like a lot of terms of what we talk about, you know, the Jumanji beat or that drum beat inside of you of like, why am I not? I don't want to say happy, but like, I'm, I'm not content where I'm at. Like, there's something else I want to do. And I think Phillips even brought this to light of, you know, his grandfather was very entrepreneurial and he had a great relationship with him and, and got to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, I do believe like we're wired a certain way and that's passed down generationally. And if you don't understand that, yeah. it can create a lot of tension and conflict of like, why am I like this? Right. Mm. Or what is this, you know, and to know that you had people in your family that did things or accomplished things that you're thinking about is totally invaluable. Absolutely. So, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's kind of the other big part of my website is if you go to my about page, I say this company was created because of my regret of never sitting down with my two grandmas Mm. and asking them questions and recording their stories and their words. Mm. And it's a huge regret and I'll always have it. And I don't want other people to have that regret. If you're Mm. listening to this and you have grandparents or Mm. people who are acting as grandparents, go out this weekend, turn on your cell phone, record it. You don't have to do anything with it. But just make the time to start getting those stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. So true. So we talked about the obituaries. Mm-hmm. We talked about the things you need to know. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to your company that people can engage you with? There is. Because so... I'm all about it. Sign me up for it all. Okay. <laughs> so because Brian and Philip are my guys, and they always said they started at the top stair. I started yes. at the bottom stair Smart. with a lot of these kits and the downloadable uh, kits. But the top stair for our business is hire us, work with us to create hardcover keepsake books of your family stories, mm-hmm. of your own legacy stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can write it for you. We can interview you. We can interview a loved one or we can just design it. You can do all the writing and the interviewing, send it to us and we'll put it into that book format so you can print it and have these mm-hmm. books to pass down to future generations. So cool. So cool. And if you're broke, like if you're just kind of at a wall, hit a wall, like I don't really know what to do. That would be the place you would start. Yeah. Like 
And having Kezia interview somebody would be like the best interview you'd ever possibly think. <laughs> I mean, just you've heard the last, what, 25 minutes, you know, it would be the most amazing, yeah. natural, flowing conversation that people wouldn't feel like, why are you interviewing me? It, it would feel very, I would say that you would almost benefit just as much as they would about the wisdom that, and the stories that they were sharing. Oh, absolutely. What a cool, cool place you're in. It is. It's very exciting. I want to weave this other story. So kind of you're talking about the stairs. And so one of the big things that we've been talking about um, is the value ladder. And I think what we're all trying to achieve in our life on some level, whatever the focus, is mastery, right? Discipline equals freedom and mastery. And so the, the value ladder for businesses is incredibly important because most times we go into it like, oh, I'm going to go make the pies, you know, if you read the e-myth, and then, oh, I got to run a business of making pies, and now I hate making pies <laughs> because <laughs> we don't automate our business and we don't think through True. things. And so the value ladder for me is just a huge thing. And as you stepped into this, because you did have a full-time job, you do have children and a husband at home. <laughs> Like you're burning the candle at both ends. And so then yeah. to go step into interviewing people and producing yeah. these really customized, intimate books, mm-hmm. that's a lot of time and effort. Yeah. And so you kind of flipped of like, what could I create free? Mm-hmm. What could I create for five or $10? What could I create for $40? And then, you know, stepping up so people, but it also protected you as the yes. entrepreneur to like get traction. Oh, I can knock out a little kid i'm not trying to demean yeah. it but no, versus absolutely. the hours that would go into producing a whole book yeah. about someone's life yep it gave you that kind of traction from a i think what like a creative standpoint mm-hmm. a cash flow standpoint a time yep. standpoint all of and it. now you have like what three or four products and services mm-hmm. that you're offering all branded and they're all thought out yeah they're all synergistic and it's just like okay i can handle this now and i yeah. have something here that i'm proud of as opposed right. to like I'm spending all of my time doing one thing and I have all yes. these other ideas that would have been helpful to people as a resource, right. like the obituaries and that type of thing. And then fi- fi- feeling that tension of like, I want to get to that, but I can't get to that because I'm over here. And right. And so I think, can you speak into all too shifting often, that focus on the value ladder? Mm-hmm. All too often, I think if you have a good idea, you go to the top level of like, yes. this is what I like. And so for your example, it's just me sitting down at the kitchen table, pulling out stories and writing books for people. And like, ask me how I know this. Hmm. Okay. But I think the smarter way is what you've done is started low. And like, if someone buys your $10 or $39 kit, now, now how much work did you really have to do that? Like your work is already done. Right. And Mm -hmm. they're already like inundating themselves with your content that you're getting paid for. So like, let's say 17 million dollars or 17 million people, individuals go down your download your stuff. How much work have you done? No more work. You did it once. Exactly. 17 million dollars or 17 million individuals go after your top tier or your toast. (laughs) Toast. Yes. Yep. So anyway, so that's kind of the philosophy, I think. Mm -hmm. And all too often you go to the top ladder rung and you're like, well, let's see if I got a good idea. Mm -hmm. And the worst case scenario, you do. Yeah. (laughs) People are like all over you. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. So sorry, Brian, Brian asked you a question that I totally kiboed that, but no, that's exactly what happened. Um, Writing is a very long-term process. I mean, talking about taking a person's life and narrowing it down into a book, that takes a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. And I quickly thought, well, that's not sustainable in the least. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and I didn't want to limit people to that. I wanted to give them the tools and the ability to, I want everybody to do this. You don't have to pay me to do it. I want you to just go out and do it. So yeah. 
thinking about all the free tools I could provide. And then that led to the kits. I was like, well, you know, I do have a really good idea here. I don't have to give away everything. I can put some of this together, package it really nicely and do step-by-step guide and make it easy for them to go and do like the things you need to know kids. I've had so many people tell me my daughter has such a good relationship with her grandpa. This is exactly what they need. I want her to sit down with him and go through this and help him fill this out Mm -hmm. because I know he won't do it alone. So that's what I want to do is give people the tools to go out and do this and get it done so they don't have the regret that I do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in this, you're building this circle legacy. You switch jobs. I did. And so another big part of this, you had a Jumanji beat, drum beat that mm-hmm. was inside of you. And you you went to your current employer and was kind of like, you were honest. Like, there's there's something else in me that I want to do. And for whatever reason, I don't want to say anything negative, but it just it didn't work out. In that, you find a new company mm-hmm. that is like totally cool with what you're doing and, and yeah. encouraging you. Yes. And I just read this. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. I apologize. But um, Sahil, I think. He's the CEO of Gumroad. And I don't even really know what Gumroad is, but it's one of the fastest growing companies in the US. Anyways, I follow him on Twitter. And he had a tweet the other day that I thought was so impactful and it it totally ties in with this. He said in an, in several years, it's gonna be weird for people not to work for multiple companies. Mm, and I think the newest employee benefit that we're not talking about isn't health insurance and a retirement plan, it's flexibility. Yes. And you are so talented. But you you know, there isn't the cash flow here to sustain yeah. you and your family of what you were making and all that with this yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can bring a ton of value to a company remotely on your terms and their terms yes. and creating an environment where you can have both. And I just think that's where things are headed. And you are, I think, on the front end of that. And so I kinda can you just kind of shed light on the, how that's been helpful and how you're making that work? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. My last job, it was much more traditional. And the idea of having an employee have their own business, you know, kind of made them uncomfortable, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of fell into this new opportunity, an old boss. uh, It's in Wisconsin. I'm in Iowa. They said, come in and interview. We love your background. It's exactly what our company needs. So I went up and I fell in love with them. They're very passionate. And I thought, God, what a cool company. But I can't go work for them when I'm starting a new company. <laughs> so when they yeah. offered me the job, I said, I love you guys, but here's the thing. I can't take this job. It just wouldn't be fair. I'm, I'm launching this new company soon and I don't know where it's going to go. And this is by email. And they wrote me back and they're like, Kizia, are you, are, are you just using that as an excuse? Do you really not like us? Or is that really your only objection? If that's your <laughs> objection, I can overcome it really quickly. Yes. Yes. Kudos for being kudos for being honest, first off. Because I feel a lot of people be like, I'm gonna try to hide it, but I wanna do it. Like just get it out in the open. And trained to do by your current your old employer, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just totally up front. I turned them down and they're like, Kezia, no, we want you to do both. They're an ag based company. So they're like, half of our staff are dairy farmers. How is your new business any different? And I was like, Well, I've never compared the two, but I guess you're (laughs) right. I mean, why is it any different? Yeah. So good. So I just told them this week, my website is live. I just wanted you guys to know I'm on time. And they were time. excited yes, for you. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So they really walked the walk and talked to talk. But they kudos do. to you for just having a tough conversation early on. That yeah. could have gone bad. Right. But you just, hey, this is the facts. Where right. do we where do we go from here? And are you going to be okay with that if you are? Like, 
you were almost thinking they wouldn't be, but they were like, oh no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're that, you're that valuable to us, which is totally true. (laughs) Well, and I often said like, for those of you that haven't met or been around Philip in person for a long time, he has multiple superpowers, but one of them is helping people have hard conversations. And just having like, because, you know, we do these things in our mind of like, well, if I say this, they're going to say that. And, yes. You know, those mind games that we yes. play. Ourselves. Philip is one of the best at saying like, well, you know, that's not true. Like, it'd probably just be helpful <laughs> to get out in the open. So in that, like you did that. Right. And they bought in. And and I think, too, when you combine that honesty mm-hmm. and then the traction you were able to get by restructuring the value ladder of starting at the bottom and not the top yeah. of feeling this like trapped feeling. Yes. You had the confidence. And the, and the, like, you got the stuff done. You have the kits, you have the downloads, you have all the products set. Like, you had that confidence in yourself to be like, no, this is a legitimate business. Yeah. And I'm not going to put it on hold anymore. Right. Mm. And it's just like that combination of honesty and traction was like, boom, now I have it all. Now I have the best of both worlds. This is a perfect, I think, baton handoff here because I want to kind of talk, if you're okay with it, how Brian and I engaged you and Sean. Yeah. Right. If how the plan went, Mm -hmm. Uh, because we first sat down and I think there's always an apprehension to be sitting down with financial advisors. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Let's just say it out loud. Yes. And when we sit down with somebody that says, I've been interviewing multiple advisors, my first thing to him was like, I'm so sorry. Like, how has that been going? And it's usually like brutal. It's brutal. Um, Yeah, I get it. And so when we sat down with you and your husband, we really want to take one, the assessment of like, where's everything at? Like, and mm-hmm. nothing to do with finances. Like, how is, how's his job? How's your job? Yes. Let's get the lay of the land because that you should be taking in account if you're a financial advisor, that yeah. information. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more the more so than the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just went into like, okay, well, what's the monthly budget? Like, mm-hmm. do we have one? How big is it? Is it, is it, you know, like, let's just work through it. Do you even have one? If you don't, we're going to start there. And the we're answer was no, we did not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had never totally fine, by the way. Yeah. But like, this is one, if we're going to start kind of going down this path, yeah. you can be working on this as we're refining the uncommon path for our clients. Yeah. And then once we've started getting traction, and then really it it took off when she started like getting so excited about the obituary writing for people. And it wasn't writing words on a piece of paper. It was pulling out stories of individuals that were no longer here on earth to be able to explain all these amazing attributes about themselves. That's when Brian and I were like, we got something big. Mm-hmm. And so we put, we poured gasoline on it. By helping you organize yes. your cash flow mm-hmm. and the assets you currently had yep. to then infuse this in a wise way so you're not quitting your job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing that. Yes, um, they told me I could not do that. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> you wanted to. <laughs> but I would say that the passion that you had for the job that you were going at or like you were going yeah. to work, it started increasing because that money was being purposeful on what passion that she did have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... As like the course of this, Brian and I have been interacting with Kezia and her family a lot and, and seeing how things are starting to fall into place. And so when this job in Wisconsin came up, what a cool opportunity because the number mm-hmm. one reason businesses fail is cash flow. Mm-hmm. And so now you have the cash flow yes. and you have a company that's on board and encouraging your other business. And so this is what I'd love to just highlight. How indebted and excited are you to work for that company? So excited. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. And they're excited about you. Like it's I give such them a, my all because um, they gave me such a great yes. opportunity. Yeah. And, and so kudos this, to them. That confrontation of like, 
oh, I'm kind of doing my side job right exactly. now. It's three o'clock. Especially it's with like a remote a employee. Table. That yes. was a big risk they took. Like, yes. oh, you're going to be in another state and you're telling me you're starting your own business? <laughs> We're still yes. in. We still want you. <laughs> oh, what a testament. What a cool opportunity. And yeah. one that's going to have a long relationship for both of you. And yes. it's going to be amazing for them because we know how awesome you are. And it's going to be amazing for you because you are yes. you have loyalty to them. And Absolutely. they took a, they took a yes, risk. They did. And they took a risk on you. And it was a good risk. And now you guys have a partnership for life. Yeah. I, so, got, I got two points. I don't want to lose them. So one, so Sean, your husband. Um, Love that guy. He was able to see two with your entrepreneurial. Because a lot of times, like, you know, one spouse is the entrepreneur, the mm-hmm. other's not. And I'm going back to the value ladder because I think it's so important. And Philip and I got started at the top rung and now we're working our way. We're, we're going back. Brutal. We're going to fix it. But to see the baby steps that you were able to knock out so quickly, because I mean, you've put a lot, this hasn't been going on very long. I mean, I started in October. Like, I think. Yeah. Like this is like four to five months, people. Yes. Like less than half a year, you've done all of this and it's live. And so the, to see that as the spouse of like, oh, wow, like that's yeah. websites done, products done, people are downloading. Oh, we got cash flow. There's purchases. Yes. Like that is transformational versus going to the top of the ladder and like, oh, my wife's never home. Yeah, we got a couple grand, but right. I haven't seen my wife in a week. Right. And, I, you know, and, and it creates so much more tension. Good point. And Very then you're, point. it's really trapping you in the situation. And so I just think, again, I'm going to do a shameless plug because we have a piece on our website, um, Seven Steps to Launch a Business, and we have a value ladder in there. So if this isn't resonating over you know, the podcast, you can download it, uh, www.uncommonwealth.com backslash gifts. So it's a free download for you. Second point I want to make um, is to your employer and that whole being open to this. Because like, if you go to Google, Facebook, like they're investing in these top people and they're launching new products and services based on people's internal ideas. But now yeah. as like an employer, you know, small business owner, that's like a lot more, you know, your employer is not Google, right? And right. so, but as an entrepreneur and as a small business owner, like we have to be open to what our people are passionate about or we're going to lose them. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's easier, I think now more than ever, I just saw a stat that like, I think there's, I don't even want to speculate what it was, but there's a lot of people making like a million dollars a year now through Instagram, yeah, all these different things. And it's just, everything is getting deinstitutionalized. And so if you're not open to, you know, helping your employees be yeah. passionate, it it's going to cost you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's like the big companies are doing that. We need to do that as entrepreneurs and smaller business owners. That's yeah. So. And I would say investing in your employees. Once yes. you have an idea, like I really worry about Brian and I's future going into companies because we're like, hey, the 401k might not be the answer for you. Like, so a lot of, I'd say employers don't want to even bring us in because they know the story we have, but I want to flip that completely opposite is like, yes. how can you invest in that individual, Kezia, yeah. and get her excited about what she's doing? So she's going to work 10 times harder for mm-hmm. you because you put, you bet it on them. Yeah. I think that's the future yeah. uh, yes. for us. And so I think it's fun to just talk through all of this. Because you are such a success story for us, and now you have something tangibly that you can engage with. Kudos to you guys. And like, this is what we love to do. Every day we get to go talk to people and hear, hey, I want to write obituaries for people. What? (laughs) Like, yes, I'm I'm excited about that. And so if you have that drumbeat inside of you, if this... I think podcasts, maybe you don't write well. I don't write well. We don't write well, we let's don't. be honest. <laughs> Bad. Uh, 
but you have something in you that just you want to talk through with somebody and be like, am I crazy here? We're your guys. (laughs) And I want to just hear, talk through it. And we've heard some pretty bad ideas um, and just kind of had to speak into that. It's like, well, have you ever done that? There's really not a lot of experience there and doesn't seem like you're really passionate about that. Uh, So we've had those opportunities too. And so we just talked through them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're talking to you. That listener who is listening is like, huh, I've never thought this way. And you might have a couple assets that we can reorganize to help you with that idea. That's what we do at Uncommon Wealth Partners every day. Yes. Because I think it's hard too when you're trying to make that shift and you're trying to get buy-in from your spouse to have a third party that has been around this type of, you know, this type of thing to have a third party speaking into the truth of like, well, you're still going to have a plan in retirement. Like we still have a plan for you to, you know, basically be done working and we can take this risk, you know, for your spouse and we can, we can have a plan that encompasses all of these different variables because we obviously understand things are going to change and there's going to be a period of like, you know, higher uncertainty than there maybe normally would be. And that's scary for people. And that's Mm -hmm. scary as, you know, spouses have, different histories and experiences of money and it's a big deal. And so it's been really neat to be able to speak into that uh, for lots of different couples, you know, taking these types of decisions and risks. So Kezia, I want to just thank you for taking the risk to go down this uncommon path because you're not only going down it, you're dominating at it. And so Sean, I do have to just give a shout out to you, brother. Like, thanks for believing in us and believing in your wife to go after this. And And I'm so excited about your future. Your future is so bright, you need sunglasses. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, So you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Tune in next time. Have a great day. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.